0: I'm just grateful for our musicians for leading us in these great carols. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you all. So an article in The Atlantic earlier this week opened with this phrase. I feel like everyone I know has COVID. (laughs) You know, Omicron variant seems far less deadly, right? But it seems to be quite more contagious. Let's add on to that, that a couple of weeks ago, nearly 100 people across five Midwestern states uh, died in those terrible tornadoes. On the other side of the world, earlier this week, up to 100 people are missing and mostly presumed dead because of a mudslide near a mining uh, facility in Myanmar. Now, for most of us, the last few weeks, we've been running around like crazy in and out of stores, long lines, and what some of you probably discover today is some packages aren't even going to arrive in time for tomorrow morning. Um, Seasonal affective disorder. Maybe if some of you struggle with that, you might feel like the shorter days are just sapping you dry of any of the good cheer that you had in the first place. Are you weary yet? Are we weary yet? I want to talk about that word that you heard Chrissy mention earlier to the kids, weariness. What I want to try and impress upon us tonight is that the Lord Jesus Christ speaks joy into our weariness. That the Lord Jesus Christ speaks joy into the predicament of a weary world. We sang earlier in that carol, O Holy Night, this phrase, the weary, it's hard to say that without sounding like Elmer Fudd, the weary world rejoices. The weary world rejoices. And that's the hope of Christmas. It's the hope of Christianity that our creator has great news for a weary world. And I invite you tonight, as we're thinking about weariness, I want to invite you to consider the predicament of the young woman named Mary 2,000 years ago. She was probably a teenager, right? So let's think about Mary's situation. She's a young woman. She's a young common girl. She's a young common girl belonging to a subjugated people group. She's a young, common, subjugated girl in a people group who was heavenly taxed by the Roman Empire. She's a young, common, subjugated, taxed girl who finds herself betrothed in marriage to a man named Joseph. And she's a young, common, subjugated, overtaxed, betrothed woman who is told by God that she's pregnant. By the power of the Holy Spirit. And in that context, I think we could say that the young woman Mary was familiar with the weariness of living in a broken and seemingly unfair world. But what I want to share with you tonight from the Bible is the song that Mary wrote. Young, pregnant Mary wrote a song, and she sang it with joy. And I want to read the words of that song to you. Not the whole song, just the beginning of it. You can read the rest for yourself in uh, Luke, chapter, Luke chapter 1. I'll read verses 46 through 49. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. I'll stop there, but you can read more of Mary's song when you get a chance. Some people refer to it as the Magnificat. Mary was visiting her older, much older relative, Elizabeth, who was also pregnant with a child who would grow up to become known as John the Baptizer. Now, despite the impossible nature of Mary's situation, she believed. She believed in a God who we see in her song right here, a God who is merciful, who is mighty, and who is holy. She believed that God was merciful because she calls him Savior, right? Right? She, said, she calls God her savior, somebody who looks upon the humble estate of his servant, meaning herself. So she knew God is a savior who forgives sinners like me. She also believed that this God was mighty because she says he's capable of doing great things, especially what he had just done in her. Finally, she believes in a God who is holy. I don't mean holy as in aloof from the problems and the weariness of this world. I mean holy in the sense of God is not tainted by the weariness of this world. Now, we have no indication that young Mary, or at any time in her life, that Mary was happy, to use a different word. We don't know that Mary is happy, but we know that she was joyful because of the words of the song she sang. Happiness comes from good fortune. If you're a part of our church, we've talked about that before. Happiness comes when things go well for you. Joy is different. Joy comes from hoping in God. Joy comes from hoping in a God who is merciful, who is mighty, and who is holy. And Mary believed all those things about him. Why else would she call him her savior? Joy, in a sense, is Jesus' impact on people. From news of his coming, from news of his very conception, people were filled with joy. The news of his arrival of his birth filled some people with joy, and as he grew and lived over three decades on this planet, at the sight and the impact of his miracles and his healings, people were filled with joy. Because of Jesus. And then finally, at the sight of his resurrection, his physical resurrection, although he had been brutally executed on a Roman cross three days before, at the sight of the risen Jesus of Nazareth, people rejoiced. I think the only time you see in the historical accounts of Jesus people not full of joy. Are the people who could not look at Him and listen, to, and, and listen to Him and say, like Mary sings, that He is their Savior who looks upon their humble estate with mercy. And although weariness still remains in this world, we hope in rejoicing to see Jesus again. That really is what being a Christian is. Ultimately, it's, it's living in the hope of rejoicing when you see Jesus when he returns. We also sang these words tonight, joy to the world. The Lord has come. Christmas is just as much about looking forward as it is looking backward. Christmas doesn't just look back at what Jesus accomplished 2,000 years ago. Christmas is about looking forward. That's what Advent means, his coming, his arrival, Adventus. So the God who promised to send a Messiah did 2,000 years ago. And then that Messiah who promised to rise from the dead did. And this Messiah promises to return. And I believe he will, as, as he said in Revelation chapter 22, you heard it, behold, I come quickly. I wouldn't think of quickly as like what's taking him so long. I would think of quickly as no one will be ready when it happens. Behold, I come quickly. And then the Christian says, and lives her life and lives his life with this attitude. Amen. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. And that's just as much of what Christmas is about as thinking about what happened 2,000 years ago. And I believe he will. I believe he will return, and that is the source of my joy when life is difficult. Don't confuse joy with happiness, okay? Maybe this is one of the most important things that we can hold on to in life. It is a gift that is more precious than anything you're going to open up tomorrow morning. Do not confuse joy with happiness. Life is too short. Life is too too unpredictable. We cannot know if Mary was happy, right? But we can know for certain that she was joyful, By the words of this song, Mary, who called God her Savior, knew this, that good fortune cannot save us from our sins. Do you know that? That good fortune, that things going well for you cannot save you from your sins before a holy, righteous, just, loving God. But this is what else, this is the other thing that Mary, that young Mary knew, weariness cannot rob us of our joy. Our good fortune cannot save us from our sins, but the weariness of this world cannot rob us of our joy. The Lord Jesus Christ speaks His joy to a weary world. Jesus sings His joy to you. Can you hear it? Will you receive it? my encouragement to you this Christmas is to seek the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is the hope that Jesus will return to restore you. I wish you a Merry Christmas. Think of that statement, right? I wish you a Merry Christmas, whether you hear Bing Crosby singing it to you or whether you say it to one another tomorrow morning, I wish you a Merry Christmas. It's like Hey, I really hope you have a great time. I can't make that happen for you, right? But I wish you a Merry Christmas. And then you say a week later, Happy New Year. I wish you a Happy New Year. I really hope that 2022 is happy for you all. But I can't guarantee that. But God promises his joy. Jesus Christ promises joy if you let Jesus be bigger to you than any gift or good fortune or success or praise that you could possibly receive t- tomorrow or for the rest of your life. God promises you joy if you let Jesus be bigger than anything or anyone who makes you weary. I hope you have happiness and good cheer. But I promise you joy. If you let Jesus be all that Mary sang he was and all that he has proved in history to be, the weary world rejoices. Merry Christmas. We're going to sing Silent Night. Uh, Let me pray for us first. Our great God, we stop and pause for a moment of silence to remember that you are holy and that we are not, that you are merciful and we are often not, that you are mighty and we are puny. But on this Christmas, we ask for your joy. Father, we want happiness. We want good cheer. We want good fortune. But we ask for your joy. And we ask for the faith to receive your joy, the hope that you will never leave us or forsake us, the hope that your son is not finished with this world and will return to give us who trust in him the greatest gift of all. In his name, amen.